So, uh, you familiar with DJ Academics? Yes. So he had um, he's interesting. I I I watch because I like to watch different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like, so he said when he started doing his YouTube videos, originally he would do these long introductions about me and like, oh, you know, DJ Academics is top. And then he realized because it's YouTube and a lot of his audience was very young. If you weren't getting to the point in like 15 seconds, you're losing them. So yeah. what he what he would do is he would just do like speed to the engine, like, oh, DJ and then get into whatever topic was. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about Chicago. Uh, and now and then with his po- he has a podcast now, he does the same thing where they'll just start talking. And then I noticed that. Yeah. I think it's effective. Right. Because when I'm when I watch LeBron's thing and it just goes right into it. Right. It's like the intro mm-hmm. and then boom the conversation and every time it lands on the person that's speaking you see the overlay with a title and yeah, description absolutely it makes such of a flow because you're right it grabs the person's attention right away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, so I, I thought about that and i was like man that's interesting yeah i think it's yeah it's definitely it's a psychological yeah we we are our attention everyone's attention is just shot right everyone so i think and it, it just Cause it's like, and you already know what you're watching. Like you clicked into it. You know, right, right, right. you're watching the shot. You, you know, you're watching LeBron. No one's gonna be like, no one's gonna see LeBron on TV. And right, be right. Like, now, who's this guy right here? Right. <laughs> so you know what it is. So you clicked onto it for a reason. So yeah, I think that you know. It, uh, but my question is, yeah. can you duplicate that right. without having LeBron status? Mm. I think you could, because once again, people are clicking into it. Meaning right. like every everything now, if it's if it's being um hosted on a on a internet platform, right, it's gonna say the name of your podcast. Even if you know what I'm saying, even if it's on YouTube or whatever, unless somebody maybe shares a clip, a random clip on like Twitter or, I, or IG, but like for the most part, you're if you're hosted on your on your platform or then people know what they're watching. Mm-hmm. And they can go and click and if they wanna know more, they can like either hit click subscribe or see or whatever it is and then learn more about it. Whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? So I think it could be effective too. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what I noticed too. Like, I noticed for me, and I do this with a lot of stuff, it'll be even books. If I'm reading a book and I feel like the first chapters is fluff and somebody's to tell me about, like, uh, I'm like, especially if the subject matter. If I'm reading a financial book or a right, business right, book, right. I'm here to get, I don't care how you grew up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care that you, yo, you're, yo, hey, my father yeah, used yeah. to read to me. And, right, right. I want to know the the, the jewels. Like, mm-hmm. so I'll now I started doing. I skip chapters then. Oh, I do that. I'll just literally. I'm like, what, I'll look through the table of contents, and I'm like, okay, I want to know about this. I don't care about the other shit. Right. Like, I'm going straight here. Yeah. I like that because I do it. But here's the thing: I do it after I read the book. Okay. After I read the, like I'll skip the beginning chapters. I'll, right. I like the introduction right. and the dedications right. and things like that. I skip that, right? And I start reading. Now, if the book becomes interesting, right? Then I'm getting a lot of information, a lot of jewels. Then I go back and read. Same, yeah. same, same. But I gotta know. Oh yeah, right. I gotta know. Yeah. yeah. Then I go back to find out more about the author, their yeah. background, and things yeah. like that. I remember I told I told somebody I told this girl like it was maybe like a, a while back, maybe a year ago. She was like, "Y'all keep." She's like, "I would love to read more, but I can't." Um, it's one book I'm trying to finish. I just take me like almost six months. And I told her, I'm like, you know, you just stop reading, right? And go to another book. And she was like, what? 
like I blew her mind. She's like, you can do that? I was like, yeah, you can. I was like, I was like, yo, some books just suck. Like, it's just somebody you got to think about. It. Like, it's just somebody that wrote it. Like, right, right. It's just a person. Right, right. But we, but because of just how we're ingrained, we just have this. We put books on the pedestal. If it's a, if it's in the book, it must mean it's the absolute truth. Right. right. Some books are just bullshit. Or they just they're just not good. Yeah. Or they're not direct to the point. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. They take so long to get yeah. to the actual yeah. point. Yeah. And the best books, to my opinion, yeah. is the ones that are so simple to read. Absolutely. The easy read ones. Yeah. It's like it's not too complicated with the words. Yep. Right. It's straight to the point and direct. Absolutely. All of a sudden, it's like it grabs you right away. The ones that's complex, and I I can't understand the where the complexity is coming from. Right. But at the same token, it's like I'm a reader, right. and I'm trying to digest it. Not everybody's going to digest the information the same way. Absolutely. So if I could get something that's an easy read, mm -hmm. but still gets down to the point, absolutely. I think that those are the books I enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, unless I'm reading about something specific, like technical, like if I'm reading a scientific book or uh, academic scholarly, you, you, you can expect it to have like a lot of jargon and be, be right. dense. But yeah, if it's something... A, a, a concept that's for the general readership. Yeah, make it, keep it simple. Keep, keep it simple. simple. Yeah. 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 So let's begin. Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour finance and business. My name is Stan Lane. And we got Julius here, and Julius is has such an extensive background. When I say extensive, I mean like he's into finance, he's into uh, education, and the list goes on. So we're going to dive right in very quickly because there's a lot of information that I want to tap in with you about. So please welcome Julius to the show on the platform. Oh, and, and Julius... Do a quick introduction so that way we can get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation. Absolutely. No, thank you so much, Stan. I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on, man. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've been seeing, I've literally been seeing you for a couple of years now because, you know, we part of this, this in the room right, right now, the Gentleman's Factory. So I've seen you with uh, different members um, talking to them, interviewing them. I'm like, man, why don't I get the interview? What's up with me? I, get, I can't get the call to get on. I'm not cool enough. Nah, nah. Nah, it's, it's wrong. See, here's the thing, yeah. and I, I share this. I, I think I share this with yeah. you. Is the fact that we 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 go through. We have associations, right? Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we probably met a few times, but I remember specifically meeting you one particular time, mm -hmm. right? And I'm pretty sure we through passing, we met through the membership and things like that. But a lot of times you don't get the opportunity to really engage because it's like functions. Absolutely. Know? And then so when you when somebody refers someone, it becomes a lot easier. They're like, mm -hmm. Oh, did you know such and such is doing this? And mm -hmm. like, really? Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with me because um somebody referred you as a good communicator. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to do my research, I was like, wow, Julius has so much going on, has a wealth of experience and through finance, through everything, but you could touch on that. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm joking. I, I'm glad I'm here. Timing <laughs> is everything. It's right, Tom. So yeah, so like as you as you said, I have a I have a background. Um so for me, um, and we, we talk about communication, right? Like I, I was telling you earlier, uh, I think one of the, the first places where I got a master uh, a master's in communication, 
uh, was when I were in college. I was working for Time on the Cable. I was a, I was a bill collector. So mm-hmm. right at six o'clock, I was one of those people, annoying people, calling your phone, like, yo, you past due on your bill. We about to cut your stuff off, whatever the case may be. And from that experience, I had so many people say the most egregious things to me. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, what you know? F- what it called me everything but a child of God. But <laughs> I still had a, we still had a mission because we were incentivized to get the more people we got to pay their bills, the more money we would make, right? Because we get bonus structure. That's how they built it out to get to get us the thing. So if you wanted, you know, if you wanted your bread at the end of the month, you wanted your bonus, you had to make sure that you get people to pay your bills. So I had to figure out how to stay, maintain professionalism, professionalism, maintain my composure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, sometimes you, you're human too, especially at that time. I'm you know, 19, 20 years old. You, you're not at your peak emotional maturity. Right. But I still had to figure out ways not to react or, or, or you know, or because then you get fired. Like people would get fired if they curse back. Like that was just like a no policy. So I think that was my, my first introduction into like learning how to be an effective communicator. And from there, you know, I, um, I was able to, I was always able to, I think I learned a lot of persuasion tactics. And, I, and then I think it was a combination of that and then how my, um, I was raised to. Um, my mother was very, very patient, very calm woman, and she always instilled that in me. Like, just kind of, she didn't say it explicitly, but kind of think before I reacted. And you know mm-hmm. that once again, you're not always going to do that. You're human being, you're human being at the end of the day. But that helped, and I think that those skills allowed me to then get jobs. Like, so I remember um, I worked. I was uh, in college, went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice. So you know, all my friends at, at the time. You know, when they were graduating, before they graduated, they were all trying to get into the NYPD. Right, right. That was like the, the natural transition. Mm-hmm. And I took the NYPD exam, you know, passed it, whatever. Um, and they sent me the letter to like to start the whole process of getting to like the... Oh, the, so you was a beat guy? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I no, 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 never. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was the natural... That was just pap, what was happening to Pat because yeah. I was going to the school. Um and I thought about it, you know, um, um, and just to be honest, like I was really, you know, uh, young. I had a, I had a very, very big interest in like uh, just, I guess, African-American, not African-American, but I'll say Afro, I'm trying to, not, maybe not Pan-Africanism, but Black history, uh, Afrocentric history. And my views at the time, um, you know, they've evolved since, but I was like, I don't know if I could be a, a police officer. Right, right. Um, and so I, I just didn't go through with it. I still need a job after because you know after college, like what are you gonna do? You're right, right. So I went. I remember going to the career fair for John Jay, and uh, I ran. And then I was just looking through the, you know, talking to the different folks in there. And I remember seeing um, J.P. Morgan Chase. And at the time, I didn't know anything about bank. I'm thinking like, yo, why is the bank tellers at this criminal justice school? Mm-hmm. So I remember walking up to the dude there. You know, whatever, talking to him. I, I like I disarmed him, like, hey, what's up? How you doing, man? What's going on? My name is George, blah, 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 blah. He's like, I was like, oh, what, what y'all doing here? What do y'all doing? He was like, oh, we work for, you know, we're we're JP Morgan Chase. We're here from the due diligence compliance team. I was like, oh, that's cool. What it was. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, how'd I be down? And then he um he took my information or I, or I took his, whatever the case is, followed up. And and long story short, I ended up working at uh JP Morgan Chase. And one of the biggest things from that um, was it was a culture shock. Because mind you, right before that, I'm working at Tom on the cable, even though we had to be professional on the phone. 
in them call centers was not professional at all in terms of, you know, we young young kids. You know, not everyone's young, but a lot of us were young, mm-hmm. either in school, we from, you know, from the neighborhood, from the community. So, you know, we in there, we 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 have to be sound professional on the phone, but you know, I'm in there with my Tim's on, my what my pants sagging, I'm in hoodies, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And we you know, we take it uh smoke breaks at the <laughs> you know, all that type of stuff. So that was the environment, right? Right, right. And literally, so literally that was my my job and my my and I'm I'm still living in, in Queens in my neighborhood. And literally I had to now jump into this world where um yeah, kid, exactly. And the kids is wearing salmon shorts. All these kids went to like you know Boston College, or this there, and I'm like, and it's a complete. It was a it was a culture shock, you know. Um, I'm I'm meeting. I remember this dude I work with, cool dude, um, black dude though. He played lacrosse. Lacrosse. I I kind of knew what lacrosse was, but I'm like, yo, he's like he played in college. I'm like, yo, where where am I? <laughs> Um, so it was a huge transition, but that was my, I guess my, my way of breaking into the financial world. And then from there, you know, I went, I worked at HSBC, uh, the private bank for uh, a little bit. I ended up working at uh, standard chartered bank. This, uh, um, I, it's a, it's a, it's a European bank, but they're global. Right. So we, I had, we had getting like a, a huge global perspective on how money moves and money transacts on a global level, on a global scale. So. Um, yeah, that, but that's that's some of my experience uh, in terms of the finance world, and, and we can talk more. Just mm-hmm. yeah, my job, but that was just a a, a long winded way of kind of saying like try to kill multiple birds with one stuff. Yeah, but now which we appreciate because now it gave us context to mm-hmm. the things that I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you. Mm-hmm. So, but now you're in the educational field, mm-hmm. right? And how did you make? You know, you can't. You came from finance. Mm-hmm. What made the leap into education? Mm. Why not start your entrepreneurship journey earlier? Mm. Because now you you're a part owner of Uplift Community, absolutely. And then you you got other things going on, absolutely. But why did you go into the educational field versus, you know, going straight into entrepreneurship? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question. So for me, um, so point one, first thing, I'm, I was raised by my mom and my aunt, and they both they're both educators. They mm. they both. Um, Department of Education, educators, teachers, and stuff like that. So I grew up in a household where education was just there. Like I literally, I, like my house is like a library because it was always books, always things there. So it was always, and I was always good at school. Like I got, I was so good at school that I got, I got bad at school because the things was, was was so easy for me. I remember being a, you got know, bored. I got bored. So I was so good, like I would literally, if it wasn't anything that interested me or like really kind of piqued my interest, I just yeah. wouldn't care. But so the, you needed that stimulation. There you go. And at the time, I didn't, I didn't realize it, but I was just like, eh. all right. So, so, um, but so, with that being said, you know, um, once I started working, uh, I was, I was doing my masters. Like I went, I did my masters right after, uh, like right after college, because that was another thing that I wanted to. I was like, all right, I got to figure out. You know what I want to do. There still wasn't really a passion. I wasn't passionate about you know the whole law enforcement experience, but I also wanted to add more, more to what I could do. So I decided to jump into my master's program. Um, it's a two year program, but it took me eight years to actually graduate. Seven to eight years. Right. And I think I started in twenty twelve. I didn't get my master's until so actually twenty eighteen. So six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really because I was taking a lot of time off. Um, or drop, you know, whatever job of classes, whatever I was doing, right, right. switching up. I was just like, I, I'll come, you know, like leave for a couple of semesters, come back, whatever. And I was like, all right, 
you know what? I'm I'm kind of I've been dragging this thing out for way too long. If I if I come back and really finish this up, what can I do with this degree? Then I'm not really doing that with the master's degree. Cause at the time I already was working in the banking field and all that, you know, I was doing I was doing all right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, all right, but what can I do? And I was like, I, I, well, I could teach. I could teach at the college because I know with the master's degree, you could teach undergrad. So that kind of that gave me my motivation. So when I when I went back to school, I went back there with a, perf- a purpose. Like I was literally not only going in to pass my classes, but I was asking the professors, like, yo, how'd you get into what you were doing? I was being very intentional. Mm-hmm. I was co- uh, having uh, coffee with different, um, um, you know, educators. I remember this one dude, uh, Michael Pardis. Uh, he's a he was a he's a teacher down at BMCC, brilliant dude. He's in, in the politics from the Bronx and all that. Um, I, I grabbed coffee with him one day, and he he told me he was like, I was like, no, I was picking his brain. I was like, yo, how'd you get into this? And he was like, he's like, yo, I see, I know why you want to do this. I know why you want to um, do the teaching thing. And he said, he said because as as he said, I think he said there's there's three types of capital. Um, there's social capital and there's capital capital. I forgot the third one, but he's like, the teaching gives you social capital. And as a black man, you want, you need as much social capital as you, as you. What is social capital? Social capital is, it's, it's almost like it's credibility. It's so for example, if I'm saying, if I'm saying I'm, you know, at the time, I think I was like in my late twenties, if I say I'm a college professor, People just look at you different. Mm-hmm. You, they you, they hold you in a, in a different like uh, status. It's a status symbol thing, mm-hmm. you know. But like, it's status symbol without saying status symbol. It's a, so it's a it's a way to to gain. Like anybody that goes to like, like because you go to you can go to Harvard and study sociology. Like Columbia has a great uh, uh, social worker program, mm-hmm. but doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be making a ton of money because of what you you could, but you still can go. You can still walk around with that Columbia or Harvard sweatshirt or hat, and that gives you that social capital. Mm-hmm. There might be somebody that went to Baruch that's making way more money than you, but if they walk around with that Baruch shirt in certain in certain rooms, it's definitely not gonna hit the same as that wearing that mm-hmm. that Columbia shirt. You know what I mean? Right, so right. They, they, that has the the the, the, the school and the right. And, and, so the, the Baruch do maybe having like capital capital. Like he mm-hmm. may he be making he could be making four hundred thousand dollars a year easily. Because he's working in, you know, for mm-hmm. the big four accounted for him. But that, but then there's there's somebody that went to, you know, Columbia and got their MSW there. And they're making $70,000 a year. But that person from Columbia may be able to walk into different rooms mm-hmm. than that Baruch person. And that's the capital right. advantage. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and you still want both. You definitely don't want to be. <laughs> you still want. Yeah, yeah. You still want. One, one enables you to. Yeah. Increase in not just status, but right. increase in network and right. increase in in capital. Absolutely, where one is just capital based. Exactly, okay. exactly, exactly. So, so once and then he broke it down, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." So then, so long story short, um, I, I took that and ran with it. Once I got my master's degree, um, I I was able to get a job at well teaching at BMCC actually teaching uh, constitutional law. So, uh, and once I did that, I got the taste of learning. Because first off, with Thing about with teaching, I hope I'm not like you know speaking out of school. Uh, uh, but a lot of these schools, from what I see, they just throw you out there. Like they don't really. They just like, hey, here's the topics that you have to cover. Figure it out. And right, you have to right. design your whole curriculum. So right. 
I've never taught a official class before. I had to figure it out. And, um, you know, so I had to literally design the curriculum in a very short amount of time. It wasn't, I didn't say it was easy, but I was able to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then once I did that, I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't that bad. Um, and then, you know, so then around, it was all around the same time, Machumba and I, that's when we met um, at the Gentleman's Factory. And because um, we all, shout out to Jeff Lindor. Mm -hmm. uh, he did a class on how to, you know, how to how to do business with the government or something like that. And he was like, how we, how we started doing that was doing these educational uh, programs when he had his, his other company, um, Groom, for, Groom Success. So we were, you know, we were all, a bunch of us took the class, whatever, whatever. Trumber and I and then a couple other guys, we decided to just like, yo, put our heads together, figure it out. The other guys dropped off for whatever reason and Trumbaro and I, we we stayed, um, uh, kind of just stayed with it. Mm -hmm. And then that's how Uplift Community started just to move forward. Um, and we just we haven't looked back since. Uh, and then to answer your other question, because I'm, I'm going, uh, where you, uh, you asked about the other entrepreneurship, like just jumping into straight mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. I've had, like, I've always had, like, ideas of different things I try to do. Um, my thing was, I, I failed at a lot. But they, each time I would try, like, sometimes I would just have an idea, just think it through and then not go anywhere. Sometimes I'll try and then I'll, then I'll go a step further and start doing, like, little market research. And then somebody will tell me no. And I'm like, ah, all right, give it up on. And then I remember one of the last times um, before Uplift, uh, it I was working for Standard Charter Bank and a, and a colleague of mine. We this we came up with this plan, this idea to create uh, a, a financial technology like software, mm -hmm. and we like we got we designed it out. We literally got with like, and we did everything in house. It's so crazy that we were able to do it because we did it in house. We pitched it to the managers internally and said, "This is what we're trying to build," and they they signed off on it. They gave us access to the technology team, so we had somebody else that was you know, that was coding with us. I was project managing the whole thing, and we got it to a point where it was it was gonna go. Mm. Um, but it well, never went live. It never went live because it was a couple of reasons. The dude that I was working with, who's brilliant dude, like coder, brilliant, super smart. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of personal issues, um, and that got in the way. He would just wasn't, you know, had a lot of personal issues and those issues started to bleed into the business aspect. So he wasn't disciplined. And then at the time I didn't have, I didn't have enough wherewithal to really, or or experience to know how to manage that. So we would have meetings. He just wouldn't show up or come late and kind of look in a mess. And, um, and long story short, we new management changed. We brought the new person came in and she shut all that stuff down. She's like, y'all. I don't care about any of that. I'm trying to focus on what I got to do with my goals, and y'all are using company time to do work on a project that mm. I, don't, I don't believe in. You're right. Killed it. I and then once again, I I just and and then between that and then him, I was like, nah, I'm done with this. And that and that also just burnt me out from the whole, the whole banking process, yeah. financial. I'm like, yo, I'm out of here. I'm done. So that was like a another caveat. Um, so that's why also I appreciate Chumbro so much because. He's very disciplined. Doesn't drink. Um, I don't think I've even heard him curse before. No, very organized too. <laughs> right, very yeah. organized. Punctual. Punctual. Mm -hmm. You know, so working with somebody, going from working with somebody who was very, very undisciplined and mm -hmm. all over the place and just unreliable mm -hmm. to now having a uh, getting a partner that's so you needed yeah. stability, right? 
right? Some kind of structure, right? It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. so sometimes when you have, uh, and this is my learning experience. Mm -hmm. uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but somebody has to come in and uh, not necessarily filter out what you're lacking, but mm -hmm. really that person that's going to come in and be the beneficial beneficial person that's gonna re recognize your weaknesses yeah and say hey listen i can yeah take this over you need you need that you need that, that yin, yin and yang yeah, because yeah. you can't if, if both of y'all doing the same thing what's the point of partner up you both okay. bring in the same tools correct it, it it it's like even like sports like like you know you don't need two steph curry's on the team no you need somebody you need people that will complement his Capabilities or or, or able, but not, I'm not calling myself Curry. I'm yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to make the shoot. Like, yo, you call me Draymond? Like, what you mean? <laughs> what you mean, bro? You know, people get sensitive. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he, your personal. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he the Clay Tops to my <laughs> <laughs> to my Steph. You know what I'm saying? That's facts right there. People do take it seriously. <laughs> No, it's not. It's a, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor, right? So you have to, but and you know whatever we all we and I ha, and I bring things that he may not feel that he's strong in and mm -hmm. things like that. But the, the thing is that yeah. you guys compliment you guys. Mm -hmm. You guys compliment each other very well because mm -hmm. he will recognize your personal skills, right? Like you know your interpersonal skills, how to communicate, right. how to uh, deliver a message, and right. things like that. And he recognized that that is your strength. Mm -hmm. And he's like the the number two. Mm -hmm. Not saying he's the number two in the sense that you guys are not 50-50 because mm -hmm. he brings his assets mm -hmm. to the table as well, too. Absolutely. But he recognized in that scene, mm -hmm. he's number two when it yeah. comes to that. And you're probably number two in that scene, in yep. that world of his. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he, like, he's, he's an attorney, brilliant dude in terms like he, he very, like you said, very organized, very structured, knows, you know, knows obviously knows the law, knows legalities, knows about like there's certain, I mean, and I'll tell him all the time, I'm like, well, I'm like yo, I don't do math in public. Uh, so I like, you know, you can figure out the numbers. We, I'll look over it afterwards, yeah, but like, let's, you know what I mean? On, on, on the quick conversation, like, yo, what's that? What does that mean? <laughs> Divided by what? All right, cool. Let's, let's, yeah. let's run with it. Um, so yeah, there's certain things that, like you said, like, yeah, we, we, certain things where each of us are stronger in, and then we learn from each other, right? Like I'm not, like I'm, I don't just sit there and just like you got it. I'm like, all right, well, how'd you do that? Like, what's your process? So I can like pick up information mm -hmm. and and just get better at life because you know, that's what it is. You just got to be able to pick up information from the people that you're around. So that was the that was the difference between um, the first partnership didn't work mm. versus the second partnership because you had a, a a better synergy. Absolutely. All right. So now let's fast forward. How are you able to? still teach or still be in the educational field while starting a company because some people find that to be challenging like yeah. you know it it's taking time away you have a partner that mm -hmm. can help you out in certain things but mm -hmm. how's that challenge been because there's a lot of people out there that's still working right right still have a profession that would like to exit or right. in the process of exiting mm -hmm. right they want to know they may want to know mm. you know some of the challenges or some of the benefits or what tactics did you use? I think for me, so that's a, nah, that's a great question. So I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, and it just comes, maybe just comes from like a, uh, you know, immigrant background or back, I'm, well, my mom's is, you know, from, from Africa, uh, mom's and father from Africa, right? So like, 
you want, you value stability. You value like having like something, you know, you gotta keep something solid, right? Like, you, you know, I, I always, I used to choke uh, around, like if I, I definitely, after going through school or, or just even growing up, if I came to my mom and being like, I wanna be a rapper, she'd be like, what? You know what I mean? Like she probably would support it cause she's just, you know, yeah. eventually, but I think at the, um, we just grew up, I just grew up in an environment where, yo, you work, you get a job, you do, you, you know, you support yourself, you make sure that you have always, you know, be able to cover your bills and things like that. So I don't, I, I'm saying what to say, like, I'm not a, I'm not a big believer just jumping out the window, like, unless you have a plan, right? So I think that's the first and foremost is how I, I try to figure out a plan. I'm constantly like figuring out all right, what's going to work and what's makes sense. Um, like I, I, I try to manage my workload in terms of like what I, you know, what I do full time to, so I can have enough flexibility to work with the, on, on the, on the side business, on the business. And, you know, and it's, and it's really, it's a lot of it is just being, um, being present when you at your job. And so you never, so the people that you're working with management or whoever, your teammates never feel that you, you're shortchanging them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I try to once again communication. Communicate. Hey, is there anything that you need me to do? Cool. If they tell me yes, no, boom. So then I had no expectations. So I'm not just sitting there. Because I think a lot of times we can you can get into that and just start sweating. Like oh, they haven't called me. Maybe you know whatever. Yeah. Like what I don't know what's happening. Um, I just go ask. Like hey, what's going say? Everything good? You know what I mean? You do something. Want me to handle something? Boom. Then then and then honestly, that's how you manage your workload even better because now you you kind of low key. Saying, uh, "Hey, I'm. Oh, you need that done. I'll, I'll take care of that, right? And you take care of that. They're gonna remember. Oh, he, yo, Julie's handled X, Y, and Z. I, I don't need to call him for that because now you're not, you're not caught off guard. Where people might just throw you on something, throw you on a project, throw you on this, whatever. Yo, I, I grab it. I'll take that. So then you, I, I manage that, and then you figure out from there. Um, but it's still challenging. It's still, it's still, it still can be challenging. Yeah, because uh, you have a team, right? Right. right. So mm -hmm. you 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 in the this profession, right? Educational profession. Mm -hmm. You running a business mm -hmm. on on the side, mm -hmm. uh, but you have a team mm -hmm. and your business is scaling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you manage that? I think it's it's once it's communication and it's really communication and letting and just and and and, and planning. I I really can't. I can't emphasize it even more. It's really planning, like really having, like, all right. I I constantly, even though if I'm not writing it down, I try to write stuff down. But even in my head, and I'm walking to the, you know, to the train in the morning. I'm going. All right, who do I need to call? Like, yes, that other day, I'm like, you know, I, I I had we had to get something done, and I called somebody on the team. Yo, we like, can you like in the morning before I got on the train? Yo, can you handle X, Y, Z? Boom, 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 boom. And then I'm like, I'm gonna call. It's just in, that's just how I manage my life. And I'm like, all right, I got I got to call my like let me call my mom because I got to make sure that I'm checking up on this. I'm calling this. I'm doing this, and then I'm and then I'm processing. I I'm knocking these things out. Um, before I even get into the office, right? So I, I'm so in the morning you have like a checklist. Yeah, I'm. But before I even get here, before I get to my, I'm I'll make sure I'm up, I'm up earlier so I can knock certain things out. And then maybe on my and then on my lunch break, I might walk out like all right, boom, like all right, let me if I need to handle something for the business, whatever. 
And then and then working and then once again me Achumar and I were constantly in communication. All right, what needs to be handled? And then like after work, I might you know take another call, and we plan out for like certain things. And 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 I'm constantly also looking to for and then I'm constantly always on a looking for people that we can add to scale, like add into the business that you know we can work with to use and make our lives easier. We can scale it out. So we're not. My goal is I don't want to be anyone's manager. Right. You know what I mean? I want people that I can we can delegate and to do a job, and then we, they can figure it out. And then obviously, if they need us, so I I look for that and I look to 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 create that because the less tasks or less high priority tasks that I have to worry about, the 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 easier my life would be. And then I can then look big picture, so I could finally make that step and be like, all right, this is just what we're doing full time. I'm an entrepreneur full time, but it's gonna be a gradual thing for me right. i can't i don't unfortunately i don't you know i don't I'm, i don't got the uh the trust fund to be like i'm just jumping out the window just gonna be able to figure out so you gotta i gotta strategize and plan and plot and but still moving forward i'm not i'm also not just making sure that i'm not being like afraid to oh, yeah, yeah. yeah afraid to even make that jump i want to make that jump but I gotta make sure that the, you know the parachute the straps are strapped in everything i'm doing <laughs> i'm gonna jump out the, the plane I'm gonna do it, but I'm checking, making sure, yo, listen, make sure this, this is still, you know, this is still strapped. All right, it's going to thing. All right, cool. You, all right, bet. Let me make sure. And then I'm not just going to be like, all right, cool. I'm just going to jump out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It sounds like to me, and it sounds like you're trying to, you, you, you want to cultivate environment with of leaders. Mm-hmm. So that way they can manage without you having to be a manager per se. Absolutely. Right? So the more you get leaders on board, mm-hmm or you train or develop leaders mm-hmm. on board, the less you have to take on and then the more you could scale the business. Absolutely. Right. So, but you know, with the parachute thing is, uh, if you keep holding on to the parachute, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, you know, it's either you jump or you don't jump. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And that, and that, honestly, that's literally um, a, a, uh, <clears throat> like an existential conflict that I'm dealing with, right? Like, mm. literally, that's something that I'm constantly thinking about. Because when you have a cushion, it's hard to walk away. It's super hard. Yeah, it's comfortable. No, it's comfortability. <laughs> it's comfortable. It's like, all right, I come here. I got, I got an office. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I got, that's what we want to think if I was still in the cubicle. I got an office. I'm like, I don't know. Close my door. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that that is, yeah, it, it's a comfort thing. And I, and I, I, I absolutely recognize that. And I think that... And sometimes I wonder, is that holding me back from my greatness? Like, in terms of mm. being, like, am I mm. holding on that I'm not really putting myself in a position where I, I you really got to fight that mm. and make sure that, that, that things are successful? Mm. So, nah, man, I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm. But that's awareness, too. Yeah. That's a, the fact that you're aware of you could probably, your potential could be a lot more. Mm. Right, you could maximize a lot more if you were dedicated to one thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I noticed from my own personal experience: I've, I've witnessed people have like several businesses, right, mm-hmm. but never focus on one to scale. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, if you scale, and this is my personal experience, mm-hmm. I notice if once once I focus on one thing mm-hmm. and it start to materialize, then it manifests to create other things. But until I put my undivided attention to one thing instead of being scatterbrained, 
then what happens is it's like I'm growing 50% here, 20% there, <laughs> instead yeah. of growing 100% here, yeah. and then branching out to start these other yeah. entities. You're right. You're right. And there's something, no, you're right. Because I think, and it's, and it's easy that it's because we, we all do it to a certain degree, like mm-hmm. in terms of like, especially now, like, you know, that I, I call it, you know, uh, that we're in the hustle porn era. Right. Um, where everything is, it's even, it, it, it's, it's not as bad as it probably used to be, but it's still there where, you know, you got the, and, and I, and I, and I still listen to these, like, you know, like the Gary V's and all like, like I still listen to some of that stuff because, you know, it's motivational, mm-hmm. but we can get into that, like. You, you know, like now you meet the, you meet folks now. They be like, yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I I'm, I'm renting out my car. I'm doing, I'm renting out Airbnbs. You know, I'm selling, you know, we selling candy. Uh, I also do, uh, I'm doing real estate. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. taxes. I'm doing everyone slash slash slash, and, and I fall victim to it too. Like I got, I'm like, yo, I want to make sure I cover all my base. I want to get in real estate. I'm doing this because it's easy. It's not easy. It's 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 very. We're susceptible to to seeing the possibilities and the opportunities in these different arenas, which is which is very much true. But like you said, I think success really does come into a term of focus. And I think what we, what we're trying to do is like essentially hedge our bets. But that hedging your bet can also stagnate you from prolong the process. And prolong the process. Yeah, I've I exited out the Airbnb game mm-hmm. for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, I decided to do long term, long stay. Rentals versus mm-hmm. the Airbnb for two reasons. We did this, Nilly and I, and one was because we saw that down the line because mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of things that's happening in terms of um, they trying to you know cancel Airbnb in certain places in certain mm-hmm. states. There's a lot of pushback in certain communities and things like that. So we we started to see a trend, right? And then we recognized that okay, instead of taking a risk mm-hmm. on, on that. From that end, and then you know we got the community breathing down your your neck and all this because they want change and all, and we totally get it, understandable. Um, but at the same token, is that okay for us? The the second reason I should say the second reason is the fact that the focus because it takes a lot. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to go in and you know deal with clients coming in and out. Yep, doing spot checks. Mm-hmm. Doing uh, cleaning services, like t- communicating with them, it's a job on its own. Absolutely. So once we understood that factor, it's like okay, too much time is being allocated mm-hmm. when we to this, where we can allocate some time to focus on other things. Mm-hmm. Now, if you got a property manager and they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. then that's perfect, right? Because then you you give them that duty. But I think the singular, and I read this somewhere too, I don't forget which book, but a singular focus is the key to success because your attention is all on this one thing mm-hmm. and to grow this one thing. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly focused. But if you're divided, mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Because you 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 are growing this at fifty percent, but then you got that at twenty percent and then and even if you're giving it fifty fifty or even a hundred a hundred. Right. That's still max. That's still taking time away from having maybe two hundred percent in there mm-hmm. or a hundred percent in there. Mm-hmm. However, you want to do the math. No, you're right. You're right. And I, and I, honestly, I'm in a like that's one thing. I'm just in my personal life and and and, and business wise, I, I I am in the process of elimination. I think at one last couple of years, I just 
was just like, I'm just trying a bunch of different stuff. Right. So I was throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Now I'm going, I'm literally, I'm similar to what you were saying, you know, you start to see like, where's my time and my energy going? Um, okay, let me see how I can eliminate things. And that's, that's where I'm at now. Like I, I'm, I'm seeing all right, what's important. Like how do I, and how do I, you know, how to eliminate, how, how, mm-hmm. to, how to take that out, you know? I agree. So let's talk about education, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in our community, mm-hmm. you know, why is it you're the perfect person to talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, when it comes to education, with so many people leading towards so many of our people, black people, mm-hmm. especially because we're trying to make some corrections in the inner city. Mm-hmm. So many people are coming together to teach financial literacy. Mm. Why is it that we're not coming together to create our own school system and with our own curriculum? Mm. So many of us as doing these, oh, I'm teaching financial literacy, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And you have backgrounds with the education, you, you, you understand curriculums, you mm. understand uh, the college tuitions and mm. all that. So you know exactly what people are looking for in terms of providing the need for that education. Yeah. But why is it that we're not coming together mm-hmm. to build these schools mm. and provide these curriculums for our for our people or within the inner city? That's a yeah, that's a heavy that's a heavy question, man. Um in terms of building schools and shout out to Dr. Umar. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Uber for the, you know, he, hopefully, I hope he figures it out. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I don't want to get into this. That's, that's going to be the only topic. <laughs> um, but I think, so, somebody, you know, somebody told me, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Somebody told me this a couple weeks ago, um, a friend of mine, she said, the Department of Education, the DOE, has a monopoly on education in New York City. Mm. And, and I, I didn't really understand. And I was like, repeat what you said. And she said, you don't have to enroll your kid into the DOE. But they make it seem as though you do. Right? Because it's public schools, it's free to enroll, enroll. So they, 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 they position themselves as we're just going to educate the most kids in, in New York City because it's free. And because we, we we tend to forget about like the you know the Montessori schools and the parochial schools and the private schools and all type of stuff like those are options but obviously they're, they're not all expensive, free and yeah. expensive. Um, <clears throat> but you can you can open a school like it's not but because of like how it's marketed and how it's positioned we just mm-hmm. think that's like the only game in town. So I think that one it's just lack of information because I me in working in the education space I didn't even think I didn't even put that together. Um, Cause we just, you know, you think of New York City, you think the DOE. That for that for one, right? Um, us understanding, just even understanding how the system works, and understanding that there there is an alternative to do so, right? Right. I think that's that that's number one. I think what it honestly it would for that to really happen. I think a combination of things. I think you would need, I think you would need the wisdom of of somebody that's been doing it for a very long time. So I, you know, we, me, Achuber and I, we're a couple of years in the game. Like, yes, we have some experience, we have some understanding, but mm-hmm. I think you would need somebody who's probably in their fifties, sixties, has mm-hmm. probably been an educator in the education space for like thirty years to really do it. 
Right. You, you know what I mean? Because that because you need that that institutional knowledge that the, the unknown unknowns, mm-hmm. um, which I I definitely don't have. I'm not at that point. So I think it would I think it could happen, but I would want I would want definitely want to seek the counsel and 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 and. and Probably like put it into the hands of a few, a select few of folks that, you know, shout out to um, one of our, our mentors, um, Jeff and and the Chumar and I, Ruben Durancey, who um, the classroom uh, class right across um, the hall is actually named after Durancey because he's been in the education space for, for years, for, for 20 plus years, has a, has a dope company, Triad Consulted. He's somebody I would definitely one uh, would if come to that with that idea mm-hmm. and like yo Ruben you gotta let's figure that out how we can do that right. how, and how can we support you and help you with, to build and be like your soldiers in that because we all want the same thing right we wanna we all wanna educate the the next generation or the mm-hmm. generation after that to really say hey listen here's a school that's right. gonna teach you the right tools absolutely to get you ahead absolutely yep yep so. This the next question I have, right? And, mm-hmm. and 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 you know what? I got it before then. I got to shout out LeBron too because mm-hmm. LeBron is doing amazing. He created a school over there mm-hmm. in, in Ohio, mm-hmm. and I, th- I, you know, there are people that's doing it, but I think that for us, for every single person that wants to provide that educational uh, tools, I think that is very important that we come together and say, hey, let's let's start creating mm-hmm. a school system where we're going to have our own curriculum right. and basically teach the fundamentals are there, right? mm-hmm. but also teach them the, how to execute on those fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And it's not just teaching them, but also showing them that execution, that that's the key part too. It's not just gaining the knowledge. It's Absolutely. Just how do you apply the knowledge and how you make it stick? Absolutely. Right? But I think that's important. So Julius, what, what, let, let me ask you a personal question. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had, if there was, because I see that you're on this path, mm-hmm. you know, you went to finances, you went to, um, you went, first of all, you learned communication from working at a sales call place. Mm-hmm. And you went through all the uh, finance, a few financial uh, companies, and now you're in the educational system. Like, really, what's next? If you didn't have... You know, to think about mm-hmm. the business, you didn't have to think about the money or the status, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. What would you be doing right now? Or what is next for you? Man, that's a man, that's a great that's a great question, and it's something that I, I truly ask myself. I, I think I think for me, I think the the one thing that I I, I probably would want to tackle. Um, and it's a little, I mean, it's not cliche, but it, it is something that, you know, we all want to get into. I think, um, you know, real estate and like actually ownership, but not just in, um, <clears throat> maybe not in even just in the, in the space of, uh, yes, maybe commercial property and, and rents and, and, and things like that. But I think also, um, one of my, weirdly enough, one of my like people that I looked up when I was younger, um, was was George Jefferson, 
Like I used to watch like Naked Night and all that type of stuff. I used to yeah, watch the yeah, Japanese. Yeah. The reason I looked it up because he he had that dry cleaning, the dry cleaning businesses, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. a franchise. Once again, showing your age. Okay. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> <laughs> listen, man. There was on, there was reruns. I wasn't watching it in real time, man. I wasn't. I was watching. I was watching. I was hey, not, it's all right if you got disclaimers. It's yeah, okay, I wasn't watching. I watched it. George <laughs> Jeff. I was watching. Yeah, I was watching yeah. reruns. But then, oh, that's funny. Uh, so 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 because and what I what I. Uh, took from that is I think there's a lot of um, untapped small businesses in our neighborhoods in our communities that people need right that people still need services right they're still you know like for example and I'm just throwing stuff out, like you can't outsource somebody fixing your toilet mm. you really can't outsource your, your dry cleaning you can outsource well, meaning to another country right right you can't. It doesn't make bit financial sense to send your laundry to the Philippines to get done. You're gonna have to get it done in your neighborhood. Like proximity is important to mm -hmm. those type of tools. Yeah. So for me, I think owning ownership in uh, communities for direct and uh, direct services is something that I want to really explore and get into. Like those, really. I, I, uh, somebody I follow. He uh, he has a. I think his name is Nick Huber. Dude, he has his. Uh, company his brand called sweaty startups where he he's just attracted to businesses that are you have to have some sweat equity into it you're not looking for like vc money or mm -hmm. those type of things you're not looking for the next uh facebook or amazon you're looking for opportunities of services that everyone needs local businesses that you can that's cash flow heavy that you can scale up mm -hmm. that would be something that i would love to explore and, and do more in right mm -hmm. um that that I think if I, and if I could and I'm still tinkering with different ideas, but if I could figure that out, that's that's that'll be yeah, money. That's cool. Yeah, I like I like the concept and the idea behind that. I just um, I my only pushback would be this, and it's just a question: mm -hmm. How would you be able to make that um, effective in the community when people go online mm -hmm. to to research these type of people right? mm -hmm. and it's easier when they have these 1-800 numbers mm -hmm. where you can contact. Uh, they have a group of people under one umbrella. Mm -hmm. How do you isolate yourself and make your that local business stand out? I think it's I think it's still I still think it's it's proximity based, right? So you know, like for example, so I, I live in uh, I live in Bed right? The other day, you know, I was looking for a notary, so. I, Actually, I had Google, right? right. And, and one of the businesses that popped up was this local business. It was, you know, right on Fulton Street, owned by, um, I think it was owned by like an older black woman. She had maybe in her maybe 50, 60, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember she was like, Oh, how did you? I remember when we, we were in there, she was like, How did you find out about this? I was like, Oh, I was like, Google. She said, like, Oh, it showed up on the Google thing. So I, I could tell she's probably recently tinkering, like getting her business on the Google search engine. Mm -hmm. But when I noticed when we're in there, so I'm in there for maybe about 45 minutes to an hour, like every 30 seconds she was getting a new customer. So she was doing she was doing notary, she was doing it was a print shop, notary, it was uh I think she did taxes, she did a couple of different things, but it was all very like relatively simplistic business if we're talking if, mm -hmm. if we're if we're comparing it to like the overall entrepreneurship landscape what people trying to do. Um because once again, if I need to get something printed out immediately if it's, it's a time thing i don't I, I can't if i will go online 
and try to get that service done, it's not going to get happen in time, right? Or the time I would need it. Maybe if I maybe if I'm planning ahead, maybe weeks in advance, I could go and find like the the dope print shop all the way you know outside of my neighborhood. Right. But if it's something I need in a in a, in a like I'm in a time crunch, or I need to get something notarized right now, or I need mm. to get something, or I'm trying to get my you know whatever. I think that proximity and that time factor matters and i think you we, i we, i would try to figure out how to really leverage that and and add on to it and take my expertise because what i said to um you know and i'm not going to say the print shot in case somebody takes my back <laughs> but what i said was uh i was telling i was like yo i was like yo if i let's say just offer that woman like 200 grand right now is she saying no like yo you about to do close to retirement you know just we got cash for you buy you out and then take that business and keep a staff and try to maybe even make it even more efficient. I mean, obviously you do the numbers and figure out what makes sense, mm-hmm. but um, I think that I just think the opportunities are, are there. Even with even with the even with the internet, you know, like I said, even back to my analogy with the with, with the to- with the toilet, your toilet breaks, yeah, and it's, and your pipes is busting, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, I don't know if you got time to like YouTube and go on these things and figure it out. Like, yo, listen, yo, your kids might be like, yo, daddy. Yeah. Yo, the water's everywhere. I got you. Hey, calling whoever. Yo, come fix this problem for me. Right, right, right. I need to get. I have a, I have an emergency. I have right, emergency. Right, There's right. a reason why you know emergency. You know, um, you know, no one's the, the the emergency room never stops using. Uh, never stops having customers. Right, right. You know what I mean. So my 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 thing is, and I like that concept, and mm-hmm. I think is it's a great strategy for. A plumber, right, right? or mm-hmm. a toilet, or whatever it is you mm-hmm. need—a plumber, roofer, and things like mm-hmm. that. But these are, you know, you got to be a carpenter. You, these are still for tools that Absolutely. you acquired, you know. But the thing is, with the notary, what's the difference between notary print shop and how do I scale the brand mm-hmm. or make it noticeable? Mm-hmm. When the first thing comes to mind is like a Staples or a Kinko, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I think with I think with them no that's a great and that, I appreciate this because it, it, this is a good exercise for me mm-hmm. to think to think through. Um, I think and I think you're right right because that's what I automatically think of when I was pre- all right we're gonna go to, go, to, go to FedEx and all that. Um, I think what it is too I think it's also having the using leveraging your community, right? So leveraging your community in in a sense of like let's say whatever maybe let's say I purchase that 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 print shop I'm not purchasing that in in isolation mm-hmm. I'm I'll make sure I'll probably try to get some other people that want to go in with this we we also going to let it be no market heavy in the sense of not just marketing and maybe paying for like advertising on on all that but we we're, we're going to the local council members we look into the state senate we got this dope print shop that we just bought out whatever we revitalizing, we letting, you know, and we, we letting people know in the community, we, we go into the churches, we go into the, we go into, um, you know, this, the, the elderly homes, if you need this done, you need whatever you have, we going to like make our presence known in the community. See, I like that. That's a target. Yeah. That's a target audience mm-hmm. versus, uh, because that target audience may not be comfortable driving to mm-hmm. like a Staples or mm-hmm. FedEx. That target audience may like you know what I'm used mm-hmm. to my local people. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like commuting, mm-hmm. so let me go here. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that target audience, the the you know the, the elderly, the mm-hmm. church, and mm-hmm. things like that, 
I, I think that's an awesome idea. And absolutely, and and one thing too, and and it, the thing is, it's it's hard to scale culture. Like, I mean, I, I read that recently. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you have a culture ingrained in 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 one in one shop, that may not be able to be recreated in, when you open up the second business. Mm-hmm. But that's also why, like I said, I think you know, let's say, and I'm just continuing to this this print shop um, scenario. I think I would. I'm not a thing. I, w- I would say I'm keeping your staff on because they got the institutional knowledge. They know the people, the familiar right, faces, right. the people that go in there. Like when they go in there, they oh, I know yeah, that's whatever what Michelle that's been here for the last five years. Yeah. I know her face, so it might just be new management. I have no idea. Right, I have right. no, I have no um, uh, desire to work in the business. Mm-hmm. I just want to own it and be able to manage it, and then maybe add tweaks and things that I think would make it better. Um, but the other thing too is like a lot of these, and and I think that's also how you hold on to the culture in your neighborhoods because, you know, let's face it, like you know, Brooklyn, like anywhere else, maybe more rapidly than anywhere else in New York City's been you know super super gentrified, and it started with housing, mm-hmm. started with the homes. Do we also want it to continue down with the businesses as well? Uh, good question. Yeah, it's good. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Just one one final thing, and this that's gonna be it. Absolutely. You know, this this platform was created so that way entrepreneurs and creators could get started. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing that your advice, a word of encouragement, mm. anything to get people started? Start. Literally, yeah. <laughs> start, start, <laughs> start. Um, trial and error, like that. That I know people are scared. People sometimes you want to be a, uh, a perfectionist, or or you may feel like I got to go all like I'm just jump jump out the window, quit my job, just do every. But start like just start doing stuff. Like start having conversations. Start if you want to. Hey, I want to. I want to start a bakery business. Bake bake a cake and see if you can sell it. Yeah, you know. To add to that, because mm-hmm. you, you just tapped into something. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing that you regret not doing? When you started, oh, with the business, everything. Oh man, <laughs> you got enough time for that. No, <laughs> one thing, uh, regret. I think, um, like not starting early. I I think not starting earlier. I think also, um, I think really just not having, but it's hard to say. I, I would say it's almost like you know not having enough belief in, in myself but I think that comes with a lot of times that comes with experience because doing little things but I think it, it is but it, it, it is just start getting up you you can build up your confidence by just doing little things right it's like you know, go back to sports I, I like to use sports analogies if you you know if you if you on a basketball court and your shot not hitting maybe you know, just try to make make a layup get a little put back hit a free throw alright cool I'm yeah. Like, you just want to see the ball go in the in the, yeah, in the, in the, in the net, but it's hard in that moment though. Yeah. In the moment, yeah. you're not thinking. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. We well, all know this strategy. Like, right. all right, let's do the little things. Right. That's because my my thing that I share with everybody: mm-hmm. small things become big things. Absolutely. Right? And in in order for you to create something big, you have to start it small mm-hmm. and and allow it to manifest as something bigger. Absolutely. But in the moment. You know, to pull on that, you know, that that theory or to pull on that philosophy, mm. it's kind of hard. How, what, what would you suggest? I think, Paul, like a lot of times, just 
I'm a, I'm a big believer in in just having like some 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 quiet time, isolate whatever that is, whatever your thing is. It could be meditation, um, it could be cigars, it could be a walk, it could be cigars. <laughs> I, I, I like cigars, man. Hey, I like cigars. It could be a cigar, it could be a walk, it could be waking up early, just sitting in your living room. It could be reading, you know, if you're religious, reading, you know, Bible, Quran, whatever it is. I think having that those quiet moments and really reflecting. Sometimes you could be you could be doing something and just you need to quit. Like it may not even be a moment you just gotta keep pursuing. Maybe like, all right, this is not really working. It's nothing wrong with quitting. Yeah. But it's not it's not quitting. It's nothing wrong with exiting Exiting. something that's not probably not for you. Absolutely. Right. Or maybe you just don't have um that ability yet. You Mm -hmm. haven't you haven't developed yourself Mm -hmm. enough to to execute on this. Well said. So it's not really quitting, it's more like all right, maybe I need to exit for this right now yeah. and develop more on yeah. other things. And then yeah. it doesn't have to be that particular thing. Absolutely. But if you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. go back in the game. Yeah. Doesn't have to be real estate again. Absolutely. It could be something else, but jump back in the game. That's yeah. It's not quitting, that's just exiting. At, yeah, well said. That's better said. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um no, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Cause it is especially if you feel that you have something to value to add to a marketplace or to a market, to a scenario, yes, definitely continue to pursue whatever your internal desires are, but it may not, you may need to pivot or Mm -hmm. change direction or like you said, maybe step back for a little bit and then come back in. So yeah, definitely. I'm mean, I'm definitely not saying people just yo just give up, just give up, <laughs> give up on life, man. <laughs> it's just like yo, listen, I'm about to, just whatever. I'm about to just live on the street. Like nah, definitely not. Um, but just yeah, I, I would say that too. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that. I I, I definitely agree with that. My guy, appreciate yes, you, brother. Man. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank- Bro, it's, it's been uh, awesome wow. having this conversation with you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, you got to share a lot of your experience and your knowledge behind. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, financial and educational mm-hmm. uh, background. This, if somebody wants to reach you and get in contact with you, what would be the good source? Yeah. Um, no, thank you, man. Thank you. I really, this is, I really enjoyed this, this, uh, this conversation. Uh, for me, uh, Karanda Consulting is my Instagram handle. So C A R A N D A Consulting um, on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, Julius Karanda. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. And Julius at Julius at Consulting dot com. If anyone wants to email me, yeah, yeah. my brother, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, you can find us on IG on It Starts Now. The description is below. Remember to like, subscribe, share, and don't forget to leave a comment or a question. If you like us to answer something, please leave it below. Thanks for joining us. This was amazing. I am Stan Lane, and as always, it starts now.